All right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond. I'm content manager at so-called Fantasy Experts and founder of FantasySixPack.net. Um, <clears throat> my co-host, AJ, is here. I'm chiming him in. It's taking a minute. I don't know. This thing is having issues the last couple of weeks. I apologize, everybody. It's slowly bringing him on. Anyway, um, hello. Yeah, I think. Yeah, hey, what's going on, man? Not too much, dude. I'm here. That's good. Yeah, it's uh, it's showing me that it's still bringing you in. So I'm glad it worked. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with this thing lately. I'm even hardwired in this week because uh, I don't trust my Wi-Fi. Good call. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so moving on. I'm also trying to find the the basketball games because I just got downstairs about two minutes ago, uh, kind of scrambling here. Uh, what channel are they on? Are they on True TV or are they on? Uh, I that's a good question. Like I'm turning my TV on as we speak, so I, I don't oh, even know. We're both super late to the party here. That's good. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's March Madness, everybody. If you don't know what we're talking about. So we, um, ah, yeah, it is on True TV. I don't know if you've got Fios, but it's 683 if you do. Um, nah. Anyway. Direct TV so, guy. Ah, that's right. That's right. <sighs> anyway, so tonight the games are, it's fairly Dickinson in Florida Gulf Coast right now. And then later tonight, we've got Vanderbilt in Wichita State, which is actually supposed to be a good one. Um, yeah. I, for one, one, have paid about, I don't know, 2% to the NCAA basketball season this year. Uh, I do know that it has been a pretty crazy one where every week it seems like three of the top five lose. Um, So that's going to probably make the tournament completely bonkers this, this year. Um, I don't know if there's any worse than years past, but um, I just get the feeling that we're going to see some crazy, some crazy upsets this year, which I don't know, like considering the parody there was, like, I don't know if you can really consider them upsets, but I mean, that's what they're going to be. Um, at at the same time though like I keep doing my brackets and like I kind of went pretty much chalk until you get to like the Elite Eight and then you know even the Sweet 16 and then I kind of started mixing things up where I like some of the three seeds or the two seeds or even the four seeds and some of the number ones Um, like have you had a chance to do your bracket yet? Uh. Yeah, I've done probably about three or four, crumpled them up, threw them out, and started over. Um, I I I love March Madness, but it drives me batshit crazy. I mean, it's yeah, pretty much. I, I, I'm so so back and forth on what picks I'm gonna make, and you know, you can't even you really can't even listen to like some of these experts and uh, especially on ESPN, I mean, they seem to have at least from what I've been paying attention to the most coverage right now. Uh, I know CBS is really big into it since they 
you know, own all of the, the games, basically. Right. Um, right, right. But I don't, I mean, I don't feel like CBS isn't really a sports network. I mean, maybe they're, they're online. Well, it is, stuff, but... They have, you know, more, more information there, but I, I, I haven't looked at any of that yet. But, yeah, know, like I was... I mean... Well, they've got the, you know they've got that basketball team like they've they've teamed up with like the Barkley and um, oh, can't yeah. think of the no, other guy's have, name right now, but uh, Kenny and Doug Kenny. and Doug Gottlieb's Doug Gottlieb's legit Kenny Smith, yeah, oh, yeah. you know yeah, Doug Smith. Gottlieb's legit when it comes to college basketball. So at the same time, though, like you look at you know the experts brackets at the end of the at the end of it, and they're as bad as we are. Like they're guessing, and nobody knows what's really going to happen. They just you know, they can sit here and make it sound like they know what they're talking about, but they don't know either. I mean, uh, I would actually love to see like a, like a, you know how like Fantasy Pros does the rankings of us. Let's yeah. do the rankings of them for NCAA basketball throughout the past, you know, six, seven years or however long, you know, some of these guys have been doing it. It'd be interesting actually to see how well some of them have done. Um uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, to see their the ranks of like amateur the rankings of the experts people. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I think it's gonna be like last year was the first year in a long time that I can remember. I, I'm saying maybe six to to seven, maybe eight years that a five seed has not lost to a 12. And that's always like the Cinderella. You've got to have one of these in your brackets, you know, at least one because it's going to happen. And last year, all five seeds won and advanced to the next round. Um, and some may have gotten to the, to the sweet 16. I, I don't have that right in front of me. I'm looking, I'm actually looking at 2014 because it was like a, a funky year. So Stephen F. Austin as a 12 beat VCU as a five. Uh, you had Harvard beating Cincinnati, another 12 over a five. You had North Dakota State over Oklahoma, another five bites the dust. And St. Louis over NC State was the only five seed to win two years ago. So it's it's just maddening to, to look at that because you look at this, you know, empirical data of what's been there in the past and what you try to pick. I mean, hell, in, in the final four, an eight seed of Kentucky beat a two seed of Michigan. Um, yeah, I mean, but that, that's, a, that's a weird you, one, though. Like, Kentucky was severely underseeded that year. Um, they were. But you had, you had a one seed in Florida – beat an 11-seeded Dayton in the Elite Eight. The game before that was the 11 versus 10, Dayton over Stanford. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you have Kentucky – or I'm sorry, uh, I already mentioned Kentucky. Connecticut as a 7-seed over a 4-seed Michigan State. So, I mean, 2014, I think, was potentially as close as what this year's bracket could be. Like, it could be that ridiculous – with only two one seeds making the elite eight, and only one of them getting to the final four. I mean, that's we just haven't seen that. 
So, and well, then the one to be fair, lost, I've I've lost. actually only got one number one seed in my final four right now. Oh, I do too. The majority of the ones that I've done that I I can say that I honestly am somewhat happy with, Kansas is the only number one seed I have. Oh, and I hate picking Kansas. I really do. Kansas has burned me more times than I can count. Like, I hate picking Kansas. But, and everybody thinks that their bracket is is hard because they've got, you know, the, the hot streaky Yukon right now, but I, I just don't see it. Maryland and Cal, like I have seen Maryland because of the area we live in. I've seen on I've seen Maryland on TV a hundred times this season. It seems like, yeah. and they, they are, they are extremely talented. Don't get me wrong, but they are not a good team. If that makes no. any sense. They're, they're all of their guys can outplay their opponent, their individual yeah. opponent. That's what that's what I heard on ESPN. I think it was Jay Billis that said it might have been uh, good old Seth Greenberg, but uh, one of those guys said that, and it was like, yeah, that is exactly who this team is. I mean, they were lights out in the beginning of this year, and you look at, at what they did, and then they just completely fell off for whatever reason because they weren't, what you said, a team. They were just these individuals trying He's to figure out talented, how yeah. to get to whatever. And they are. They're all very talented guys. Um, I think if they get their head straight, they can easily make a Final Four run. Um, you know, maybe get into the championship game, but I'm not picking them to do that. I, I don't think that I can do that. I mean, I might do one pool where I have that happening because one of my, you know, pools that I'm in does a, you know, worst, worst bracket that actually tries, gets the money back. Well, that might be my pick for that bracket. That actually uh, tries. Yeah. Well, because you can't just take like a 16. Take all the low like seeds, right. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid that's crap funny. that you know is not going to happen. Um, that's but, funny though. I mean, I've got them. I've got them going to the the Sweet Sixteen and losing to Kansas. I've actually got them knocking out Cal. I mean, I think they're talented yeah. enough to do that. So to because because we got a lot of cover today, but let's kind of do you want to give your final four for like? I mean, it's not. I I doubt it's going to be your only bracket, but if you had to pick no, your favorite final four one. right now, who who would you who do you have? So the very first bracket that I did was on ESPN's tournament challenge, like not for any money. I just filled it out and figured mm-hmm. whatever, this is what it's going to be. Um, well, maybe not. I don't know if it's saved. Okay, well, <laughs> apparently it might not have saved, but I actually have Kansas and and Oklahoma because I do want to see that matchup again. I think that's a really great matchup. And Oklahoma has a lot of redemption. Um, and then I have Kentucky taking UNC hmm. out in the Sweet 16, getting to the Final Four, and and losing, uh, well, or winning against Michigan State. I, I don't. I still haven't figured out what I want to do there. I, I think Michigan very, State. Yeah, I like Michigan State a lot. It's a very very similar Final Four to me. The only difference is I've got Texas A and M. Over Oklahoma, 
Um, yeah. And then I've got Kansas versus Michigan State, and I've got Michigan State winning it. I hate picking Kansas this far, but I just don't see anybody. They were the only team – they were the most consistent team all year out of a – bunch of inconsistent teams which is strange to say yeah Drew, well, what's your, they've, what's been, your... they've been absolutely dominating the last two months but yeah they've been really good you know are they are they coming in cooling off now i mean i i don't know if they are i mean they're a veteran team uh you know they're very well coached bill self is, is excellent coach you know, he's got one national title, and this could be the year he gets a second. But, you know, yeah. last year they were a two seed, and they got taken out by Wichita State um, <laughs> in, the, in the round of 32. 2014, last like year I said. 2014? No, that was last year. 2014, <sighs> they were a two seed again, and they lost to a 10 seeded Stanford. So... Yeah, that again. That this is why I don't. This is why bracket, I don't want to play Kansas or pick when Kansas. When they're the two it's, seed, they 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 get throttled at some point, and it's just not good for them. So, what's I, your I biggest can, upset? My biggest upset. It doesn't have to be the first round. It could be the second round, even the third I round. Like say, I don't care. I, I think my biggest upset. You know, if you're going for the the lower seed, 11 or lower, I've got, you know, I can easily see South Dakota State beating Maryland in the first round. Um, I really like, you know, Arkansas Little Rock 12 over the five Purdue, Uh, but Purdue's really good. I like Purdue, man. (laughs) I'm not not picking that one. Yeah, Iona could could really sneak up and, and bite Iowa State, but my actual... Uh, flat out um, upset, I think, is going to be St. Joe's over Oregon in the in the round of uh, in the Sweet Sixteen. No, St. Joe's over Saint Joe's Oregon. Oregon in the round of thirty-two. Saint wow! Joe's the eighth seed in the All West. right. All right. So are, the first number one seed in. gone. They beat the number two seed and the number one seed in the A10 tournament on back-to-back nights in less than 24 hours. You know, they they have had a decent season overall, um, and they just really put it together in that A-10 tournament, and they are coming into this scorching hot off of that win. So if they if they don't cool off too much this week, you know, and they can get by the, the Bearcats uh, and get into against Oregon, I think that they could stun them. All right, all right. Um, I'm going to give you mine real quick, and then we're going to move on here. But my big one is actually going to be the Battle of Philadelphia, and I got Temple over Villanova. <laughs> I do I not like that. Villanova at all. Yeah. If they were going to be a number one seed, and I thought they were going to be heading into the weekend, last weekend, um, I was going to knock them out pretty early. Uh, but now that they were a number two seed, it was even easier to knock them out because they get uh, a way better quality. It, in my opinion, I think they get a, a more quality opponent um, earlier. 
in yeah. Temple. I might, you know, yeah. had they taken the number one seed in that, in that, I might have had UConn beating them. But uh, I, I think Temple's been been pretty good all year, and um, I just, I just think that Villanova's pretty overrated. Yeah, I mean, they're a good team. I'm not going to take that away from them, but they, for whatever reason, they just fall flat in the tournament. I, I think it was a couple of years ago. Well, yeah, in 2014, they were the one seed. They lost to eight-seeded NC State by three points. Um, you know, they, they've got – there's always an upset in that two to, to seven versus ten matchup. Always happens at least once or twice. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have any problems with that pick. I actually have kind of the same thing. I was kind of leaning towards Temple, you know, being a Philly guy, but Iowa, I, I think, might be too strong for them, and might, uh, might get past them. And, and I'm not really big they, Iowa team, man. They, can, they, uh, they can't play defense. Yeah, but they they've had it. They you know they've had a very good team all year long too. Um, so if they can get back to playing where where they were, I mean they were twenty one and ten, so it's not super great. But they went twelve and six in in conference play. Um, yeah. So I don't know five and seven I mean, in the last twelve. Here. I'm not I'm not really feeling them. But anyway, they, so. Yeah. We we do need to move on though. So let's uh let's get things rolling here. That is our final that's our March Madness analysis. It's probably not the greatest in the world, but it is what it is. We don't claim to be experts on March Madness. We just enjoy it like everybody else. Yeah. Anyway, um I do want to talk about some of the top news and injuries real quick from the spring. Uh I don't know if you saw it, but Adam LaRoche announced his retirement today. Um, The guy has had quite a hell of a career. And uh, he he really kind of fell off last year. It was kind of of surprising how how bad he was last year. Um, But, you know, he's had a a really good career here and a a very, very long career, that's for sure. So it will... I guess I assumed it meant that he was retiring, like official, like now, right? I I guess I I didn't hear anything on this yet, um, so this is new new news to me, anyway. But <laughs> that he intends to retire, he's walking away due to a personal issue, and confident that his decision. Yeah, so it sounds like he's. He's uh he's gone. So that's actually gonna open up uh open up some roster spots here for um Austin Jackson to play more regularly. Uh that was in Avisel Garcia. Um they no longer will have to split time. So that you know, that's that's gonna boost their value quite a bit. You know, Austin Jackson was definitely somebody I was eyeing toward the end of drafts now. He's definitely gonna be somebody even more so now. Um yeah. and and you know, I know the spring training stats don't really matter, but I gotta give props to your boy there in Philly, man. That's right. Franco is absolutely murdering the ball this spring. He's leading all the majors and home runs, 
and he looks like the real deal, man. I just moved him up my rankings like a good five spots. I moved him right, right behind Matt Carpenter in the third base rankings, and I was tempted to put him above Matt Carpenter. Uh, so he's wow. number seven now in third base rankings. Um, I had him at like eleven, so I moved him up quite a bit. I, this guy, this guy looks like the real deal, man. Um, you know, I think I was kind of hoping to be able to snag him kind of as a, a late round kind of sleeper guy that nobody was really thinking about, but I don't think that's going to be possible anymore in any drafts. I think people are paying way too much attention to him. And if you're going to want him, you're going to have to pay for him now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and it's good, good news for Philly and Philly fans for sure. Yeah. It's about time you guys need, need something to cheer about finally. Yeah. So um, so injury news, man, we got a lot of it. Uh, so I'm going to try and run through this as quick as possible here. Um, Edwin, Edwin Encarnacion, I can't say his name too fast. Um, oblique injury. They're saying he's going to be ready by opening day, but those can linger and knock people out for quite a while. So keep an eye out for that one. Um, you know, you're drafting him now. I, I think you've got to just draft him like he's going to be op- ready for opening day because, you know, you're looking at 35, 40 home runs. But, you know, if it becomes an issue where he might miss a few weeks, you know, maybe you knock him down a round or two if you can draft much closer to the start of the season. Um, Corey Seager, the Dodgers, he's dealing with a knee sprain. They are also optimistic he'll be ready for opening day. Uh, it's another one that <clears throat> he was a big-time prospect coming into this year that everybody was looking to draft, and, you know, for good reason. Um, Matt Weeters, he felt some discomfort in the same elbow that he got Tommy John on uh, two years ago. All the tests came back negative, so that's really good news, but I think they're just going to let him rest, and they're obviously not going to push him, especially with Caleb Joseph back there. And, you know, Caleb Joseph isn't isn't Matt Wieters, but he proved to be ext- just as capable, just about, um, in in replacement of Matt Wieters. Uh, Ruffin Odor, he's been he's been battling uh, injuries, and he's back to practicing, so that's that's good news. Uh, Victor Martinez, no surprise, hamstring injury. He's also supposed to be ready for opening day, but I, I wouldn't be the Least bit surprised if he misses time. Um, it's almost a given that he'll miss time during the season. I mean, it's Victor Martinez. When has he not missed games? Yeah. Uh, you, you should know all about that. I think you've owned him a few times. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex Wood, uh, we thought we had yet another major casualty to the, to the Dodgers rotation. Um, he. Uh, it was announced he had a forearm issue and that's always kind of like, you know, what does that mean? Tommy John, whatever. Um, but they're saying it's kind of nothing. They're not really saying what it is, but they're just kind of saying it's not serious and they should be fine. And then as Dribble Cabrera, I don't really know if he was a big target for people, but you know, maybe in deeper leagues, uh, he was, he was a shortstop option for maybe kind of that middle infield spot in a lot of leagues. Um, left patella tendon strain. 
he's going to be shut down for two weeks, and then we'll find out a lot more about it, see how long he's really going to be out. I think Wilmer Flores is also injured, so that's going to be very, really interesting for the Mets. They might actually have to go out and sign somebody uh, for that shortstop position because I don't think they have anybody else. So that's that's bad news for Mets fans. But... um. Do you have anything else there for injuries? If I miss anything, I think I got all the major ones that happened in the last week. Well, no, we probably should uh, correct ourselves from last week since we got called out about our uh, <laughs> not knowing about this uh, Adelines, uh Diaz. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, so call me out on that again. But uh, he's going to be the uh, the apparent shortstop uh, for well, I mean, nothing decided. Nothing's well, decided. He he's the the guy that they're looking at right now. Put it that way. Um, and uh, he seems kind of legit. So if he can put up some, he's numbers, having a he great spring. He is having a great yeah. spring. Yeah, I'll be so, to be fair he, though. He might be he might be worth a the, shot. Yeah, to be fair though, all the depth charts that I looked at that night <laughs> did not have him listed. They all had Giorgio and Greg Garcia listed as backup shortstops. So, to be fair, yes, I didn't do my homework, and I didn't look figure out who this Aldem is. I don't know how to pronounce the name either. Uh, so, I'm not going to give you crap for it. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, he's not – I don't think he was a top prospect by any means, but, he, but he's been good. He's been having a good spring, and – I mean, if all you have in front of you is Jed Giorko, like it's probably not very hard to to jump him if you are a young guy that they could potentially pop in there. I mean, Peralta's not young, so they're going to be looking for the future. And I don't think Giorko was the guy that they thought was going to be their full time shortstop by any means. I think they signed yeah. him thinking he was going to be or traded for him. I forget what they did, um, thinking he was going to be there. Uh, yeah, they traded for him. He's going to be their, like, utility guy. Um, but, you know, I think if the end of your drafts, if you just kind of want to go for upside and potentially grab a, a shortstop that could play pretty well for two, three months, then then Diaz is, is somebody you can look at. So, yeah, good, good call there. Um, so, yeah, our big topic tonight, though, is going to be – uh, how to be a good fantasy commissioner. And this can really go for both football, baseball, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, golf. I don't care what you play. Um, fantasy bachelor. I don't care what you play. <laughs> um, there are ways to be a good commissioner and there are ways to be a terrible commissioner and you will ruin your league if you are a terrible commissioner. Um, and and so, you know, I've I've got a list here, and go ahead and, and chime in, and add anything you want. But I'm going to run down the list, and the very first thing that you need to do as a commissioner is set the league up early. You've got to give people time to plan for the draft, for any rule changes. You know, if you need to do rule changes, if you need to do votes for rule changes, then you need to do those things ahead of time. You got to give people time to plan. Um, 
all, all of these things either happen way ahead of time. You know, the, the last thing you want is your commissioner to come up to you two weeks, you know, a week before the start of the actual like baseball season and go, Oh, Hey, we need to have our draft. And everybody's like, well, I'm busy this week. <laughs> so, um, you know, what, what are you going to do then? Uh, so, so that's, um, so that's, you know, that, that to me is the number one thing for me. Yeah. I don't know what you, you think. If you want to step it up and, you know, have your own league, you know, maybe you're one of those guys that's just jumped into public leagues and you're playing with a bunch of random guys that you don't know and it's not as fun because you can't really talk smack to these people when you don't really know them and you're not friends with them. Step up, form a league, you know, get a good bunch of guys in there that you know are going to potentially stick around for a while, um, you know, to help keep the league going and making it fun each year. But, yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely need to get the word out that you're doing it. Like, don't don't just decide, you know, week four of the NFL preseason, hey, guys, uh, anybody want to jump in this league? No, because they already have leagues at that point that they're in. Like, I mean, unless well, you have a bunch of, like, complete degenerate gambling people that you're friends with, then sure, they'll probably do it. But, um, you know, I, I think earlier is definitely better. And and being able to, I think, and you might have this already listed um, for this next part, yeah, like the rules that make sense is our next topic here. I agree that you want to go off of, you know, what you're used to doing. Um, Make your league based off of, you know, leagues that you played in. Like, before you start your own league, you probably should play in other leagues just so you have an idea of what you do and don't like as far as the rules. Um, That's kind of, you know... The first the first league I ran was a baseball league, and there was maybe four of us in it total. It was like such a just crapshoot league. Um, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't yeah no I mean it was just a couple of friends of ours because we wanted to try it out. None of us had done it before, so I said okay, I'll set it up. And I put like stuff in there that I thought would be kind of you know, cool at first, like caught stealing, you lose points for getting, you know, caught stealing. Well, if it's a points league, and, yeah, like getting caught stealing, yeah. that's that's fine. What I don't like, and and I'm glad you brought brought this up because this was the next one on, on my list, is these leagues, you were in one last year, you're still in it, they fixed it a yeah. little bit this year, so sorry if anybody's listening, this league is absolutely ridiculous that you're in. What was it? Like a twelve by twelve league or something silly like that. Was, like what? Yeah, I think there was like twelve total categories on each side, but for whatever reason, they not not there was one category that didn't count for for something, but it would show up on the on the uh, like standings thing when you went to like look at your matchup with your opponent, you could blow that out into a separate window and it would have these other two categories. It might have been like at-bats and something else. I forget what the pitching one was, but it was like 
what the hell, like maybe games started or something, and we didn't have a game started limit. It was an innings limit, um, and it was only a minimum innings. Like you had to pitch 40 innings. So people would just throw their starters out there for like, you know, they they would not keep starters and just pile up on all these relievers, and then you'd be winning earned runs and ERA. You know, like there was there's categories that worked against each other too. Um, yeah, like which I didn't so, like. Yeah, so I mean that's that's the point. It's like you don't want to have okay. Use kind of a normal standard to your league rules. Now that doesn't mean you have to follow the ESPN standard of, you know, in in baseball we're talking um, home runs, stolen bases, batting average, RBIs, runs, wins, strikeouts, saves, ERA, and WHIP. You don't have to follow that exactly. You know, if you want to add holes as a sixth category for pitching, if you want to add, I don't know on base percentage, or that's kind of duplicate of batting average. You know, you want to add something, okay, that's fine. But don't go crazy and start adding, like, FIP as your, as like a seventh pitching category. Like, FIP is a good sabermetric to use. I don't think it's a good fantasy baseball category to use. Um and, you know, and, and for football, I always think of, you know, these, these people that these, – these leagues that just have these crazy rules about, oh, if you have if, – if you go over 100 points or 100 yards re- rushing, it's an extra five points. And if you go over 150 yards, it's another extra five points. You're going to give so many bonuses that if you happen to have that guy that week, like you're an automatic winner. Um, yeah, those and, those and bonus same, things are so dumb to me. Well, and and same thing in baseball. Like, you know, in points leagues, it's really tough, and we've mentioned this before, where every points league seems to be different. But you know, kind of standardize it and try and balance it out in points leagues. You know, wins, losses for pitchers. Where you get yourself into trouble is when you start doing category. You know, you start doing an extra 50 points for a complete game. Like how many complete games, complete game shutouts even? How many complete yeah. game shutouts are there in the entire season of baseball? It's worse in roto leagues that have that as a stat. I've actually seen a league where they had complete game shutouts as a rotisserie category. The guy who won that category had two. And it, the year that I saw it, and it's because this is how long ago it was. He had Roy Halladay, uh-huh. who had two that year, and because he was like one of like five pitchers who they would actually let throw a complete game in all of Major League Baseball. Well, yeah, he just he, like oh, you just happen to have that one guy. The, don't have categories no. that are just so random. Yeah that you can't predict them. You can't plan for that. You can just, you're just going to really luck out and have that be, you know, you're going to win because you're going to really luck out. I get luck is part of fantasy sports to a degree, but there's, you know, you can't, you're not going to draft somebody 
just because you think they're going to be, you know, they're going to pitch complete games. No, you're drafting Roy Halladay back in 2009 or whatever that was because he's the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, it was on that. So, I mean. Because that was the year that I won my points league. Yeah, I drafted so, him third overall in my ridiculous pitcher-heavy league before it was as ridiculous as it is now. And he yeah. carried my team. I mean, I still had a, a good team around him, too. But he, you know, people were like, oh, what are you doing? This is craziness. And I was like, watch and learn. I will win the league with this pick. And I did. <laughs> so, you know, you, it, it was, uh, yeah, Jimmy Rollins-esque uh, preseason determination of winning or whatever, but you know, it uh it worked out for me there, but most times it doesn't. But yeah, the bonus points, like, that's one of the things that kills me in DFS leagues is, you know, anything over 100 yards is an extra point. Anything over you know, whatever it ends up being, 100 yards rushing or receiving, you know, becomes extra points. Then they have, I mean, I forget what some of the other bonuses are that they have on that, but it just gets, it just gets outlandish. Yeah. I mean, it's, it can, it can be too much. Add some variation, have fun with it, throw your own little curveballs into it, make it your own. I get that, you know, like don't just be by the book. That's, that can be boring. You know, I like, I, I totally, I totally understand that, but don't go so off script that it's just completely random. You can't go onto any site and use their rankings. You can't, or, or, you know, even use any of their analysis because your league is so different. And, you know, when you're asking people questions, you got to write a paragraph because you have to explain all the nuances of your league. Like that's, that's not fun. It's, that's not fun to me at all. And to kind of piggyback on this, the absolute no-no is changing rules after the draft. Unless, I will say this, I will, I, I will say unless it was like a screw-up. Like, oh, hey, no, my bad, guys. Like, it was supposed to be this way. Or, like, you guys agreed on a rule and you realize, like, it was messed up in, in your settings. Like, that would be yeah. the only way I would say change it. Like, screw up like like in in our in our football league like i realized espn forgot to set the trade deadline like when i when i renewed the league espn carried all the other settings over except for the trade deadline date so i was like well i don't want people trading during playoffs so i was like guys executive decision boom i'm putting the trade deadline back in you have a week and it was already like two weeks after the normal tread deadline should have happened. So nobody cared. Um, like that yeah. type of thing, like where it's a total screw up, like, okay. Um, but you can't go back and say like, oh, like, no, we, we meant to have holds and saves instead of just saves and just like change it because people were drafting based off of it being just saves, not saves and yeah. holds. Like you can't, you yeah. can't do stuff like that. You've got to wait until the next off season, put it up for vote and then enact the rule. If it, if it gets voted in. Um, and now, and the, I, I, I do want to disagree with you a little bit there 
because I while I do agree that overall you should not change rules during the season, but if the commissioner puts it up to a vote and everybody agrees to it, you know, overall, then I'm on board with it happening. Um, you know, there's all always going to be somebody that might disagree with it and whatever, but if that's how your league is set up, that, hey, the rules are majority votes win. I think know, in that case it has to be 100% unanimous vote during the season for it to change. Because yeah, if one so, person disagrees with it, then that's a valid no vote and it should not be changed. Because who knows, that one person might have said, well, I drafted, you know, I drafted because the rule was this. Yeah. So and my example for that is is with that league, we did make a couple of changes throughout um, that I'm pretty sure everybody voted to, you know, go ahead with. Some of the people questioned some of them, but, you know, eventually I think everybody was like, okay. And and the premise on that is because it was a first year of a dynasty league, so – you know, it's 10 teams. Everybody's still trying to figure everything out as it is. It's on a site that I don't, I've never personally used. So, you know, I'm still trying to get used to that site. I'm sure some of the other guys are too, including our commissioner. But uh, one of the changes we made was, for whatever reason, it was wins and losses only. So if you had nine categories, you know, that you won and you lost, you know, 11 categories or whatever, then you would lose the matchup. So it was like a a head-to-head weird type of scoring system, even though, like, it was almost rotisserie and points and categories all at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. So I, you know, petitioned to change that to what we have in our categories league where if you win five categories, you lose four categories and you tie one category, then your record for that day is five, four, and one. Five, four, and one, yeah. Yeah, so that's how it worked out. And and really, it didn't affect the overall standings that much um, because it reverted through all of the matchups in the league that had already happened. So it wasn't like, hey, starting from this point on, we're going to enact this rule. Um, you know, so I, I think it, there there is there is certain times where you can do that, um, but I do think it needs to be a, a league vote. And, and honestly, I do agree it should be unanimous, but, you know, if the rules are this is what it's going to be, maybe it just gets revisited the next year. So. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, no, you, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, like, yeah, if you really want to bring it to vote, I guess that's, that's one way to, to get around it. Um, or, you know, get, get things changed, but I still just, you know, what you can't do is just have the commissioner just go and start changing rules middle of the season. Like that's, <laughs> that's a surefire way to make the entire league just stop playing. Um, and, and for that reason, and granted, I admit I don't do this, and I should. I talked about doing it for our baseball league this year, and I still plan on doing it at some point. I just have not had time with preseason baseball 
planning going on. Maybe once the season gets going, I'll be able to finally put it together. Write a constitution for your league. You know, if you plan on having this league continue for many years, write a constitution so that it is a, if anybody tries to, um, excuse me, um, if anybody tries to, you know, say, oh, well, I didn't know about this rule. I thought it was this way or, you know, come at you and, you know, and debate the rules with you. You can say, nope, page two, paragraph five. There's, there's the rule. Sorry. So it's, it's always there for your protection as a commissioner and it's also just a great way it's it's a great thing to show new league owners too it's just in that way i mean i've had it happen you know I, I bring in new people and i go ah oh, crap i forgot to tell you it's like halfway through the draft and you forgot to tell them that like you know you had this kind of different rule that's you know not just espn standard or yahoo standard or whatever so and having a constitution it's kind of on the owner to read it and understand it. And they have to agree to it. And if they screw up, you're like, mm, it's in the, it's in the constitution. Sorry. Um, yeah. So I like that idea. I've, I've never actually done that in the lease that I've run, but you know, I, I like to feel like I'm a pretty fair commission overall. Uh, you know, I try not to rule with too much of an iron fist, but, um, yeah, that way it's there. I mean, you, you can't argue the rules if right. you have this information in front of you. And I feel like with, you know, the reason that this doesn't happen a lot is because, especially in ESPN, you click on league settings, it's there. You know, the majority of the information is there aside from these little screwball things. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm talking. It's it's more for things like how we're voting on draft date, how you're voting on drafting order, how you or how you select draft order. You know, on the types of trades that are allowed. Um, you know, like little things that sites like ESPN and Yahoo. Like, yeah, you can always go to ESPN and Yahoo and look about. You know, look for your. You know your categories or your points points you know per category you can always find those in there but you can't yeah. find those kind of I, I guess you can call them like the unspoken rules of the league where then that's what always causes like the the upheaval like the message board well that's a i didn't know we could do that like i didn't know we could trade draft picks blah 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 blah, blah. like because it's not really written in the espn rules or and maybe that's a bad example, but you know, I, I think you get what I mean. So, yeah. like, you know, like in our like in our league, you know, I stopped I stopped publishing the videos because nobody cared. It seemed like everybody just kind of trusted me. But you know, I take last year's reverse order of standings and I put, you know, last place team gets twelve and twelve names in the hat, and you know, next to last gets eleven and so on until the team that won got first place. I just put them in a hat. I pull and that's the draft order. Um, I just thought it was like a new, like a like a fun way to do it, and be able to kind of plan your draft and plan your keepers and things like that. Like if you know you have the first pick, maybe you won't keep 
one guy thinking, you know, maybe I'll be able to get him with my first pick or something like that. Um, yeah. If there's nobody better. And, and so I thought it was like a fun way to do it. And, you know, but that's not written in ESPN anywhere. I can't write it anywhere at ESPN. And it's something exactly. I forget to tell new people. So like that kind of stuff needs to go into your constitution so that nobody can fight you on it when you do it. Um, yeah. I think uh, another important thing to put in the, the constitution is, and if you don't have a constitution, make it known early in you know, before the season starts, that any oddball situations will be reviewed by the commissioner and exactly put put to a vote. Um, you know, or the commissioner will rule whichever way you want to do it. And, and I, I I like the voting aspect of it, but I can see the downside of it too. You know, there, there's pros and cons for voting versus commissioner rules only. Um, like we had an instance, I'll try to be quick with this, but we had an instance last year where now the owner and his co-owner are out of the league because this like just completely rubbed the guy the wrong way. He felt like everybody voted, you know, against him because he, he was kind of crybaby about things and, you know, he's always been like that. So, you know, he had this, you know, stink about him uh, that that he was going to pitch a fit about it. So we have a pitching starting pitching limit that you can only start ten guys. And oh yeah, you, know, you you brought this I up. Think I, I told you about this. So I totally remember this. This was crazy. You start ten guys, and the the like little loophole in our league because we only have starting pitchers and two relief pitchers is to find relief pitchers that have the the starting pitching eligibility and you can plug them in and hopefully you know the ideal one was when I picked up Chapman a couple years ago and used him as a closer in my starting pitching roster spot every day right um so you kind of look for guys like that so this guy came down to the wire on Sunday and the rule has always been if you go over your starting pitching limit your game starts limit you lose the highest scoring pitching output for the day that you go over, which typically was on Sundays. So this guy picked up Tanner Roark and threw him into his starting pitching spot. He was part of a doubleheader, so he locked after the first game of the doubleheader and he was just trying to get him as relief points, you know, for one of those two games. Well, Gio Gonzalez got bumped to start that Monday, and they put Roark in as the starter for the uh, the second game of the doubleheader. And this guy, it pushed this guy over his limit. And Tanner Roark got absolutely demolished in that start. Right. And he, he got, like, negative you know, 20 points or something ridiculous and pulled early and whatever. So the guy ended up losing the matchup because he not only got the negative 20 from Rower at start, which still counted for him, but he lost like a 30-point start from another guy. So it was like a 54-point swing or something, and he lost his matchup. 
So yeah. either way. Yeah, I mean that you know, that they, type of stuff definitely needs to get put in the constitution. Like that's a perfect example. Um and like you know, you 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 brought up you brought up like the the ruling of the commissioner like league vote. Like there there's kinds of things that it's like, look, you're the commissioner of the league. The way that the way that I see it it's like, look, you're the commissioner of the league. You do have some power over over things. Um you just like if it's really obvious stuff like um like like today for instance in our league we had a guy drop today and it's a keeper league he chose in my opinion really bad keepers so i had to bring on a new owner am i going to punish the new owner because the guy that decided a week after keepers that he doesn't want to play anymore by making him have those keepers no I'm going to let him pick his keepers from the team from last year. And if he doesn't want to keep Wade Davis as one of his top four keepers, which I don't think he's going to, then I'm going to let him drop him. And I just made that decision. Like if anybody really has any beef with that, like bring it to my attention, then finally, okay. If people really want to have a problem with it, like fine. Okay. Then maybe I'll bring it up for vote. But that kind of thing where it's like pretty obvious, like what you should do, then you just just make the decision and move on. You know, you're going to save time. Uh, but, you know, a lot of things, you know, if it's a, if it's an iffy trade that people are complaining about, if it's, I don't know, there's a lot of things that can go on, bring it up for vote, let people decide what they want to do and move on. Like there's certain things that you can decide on. There's certain things that I don't think you should make a, make a, you know, dictator ruling on i guess you should say yeah um you know but but you've gotta you've gotta be able to rule quickly and just you know don't be a dick about it like realize that people are investing their time and and a lot of times their money also into this so people take it really seriously don't don't ruffle feathers just to ruffle feathers don't piss people off um just you know be as fair as possible explain yourself that's that's one of the other big things is communication man like yeah. You are the way that I wrote this down. The note I had is you're kind of the gatekeeper of the league. Like you're the, you're the quote unquote boss of the league. Like if you don't communicate to your league and you're not open to be, to talk to and things like that. And like communicate changes or things that are going on during the season, then the league's going to fold. I mean, the league's just going to suffer because of it. If you don't talk, then nobody else is going to talk. And that's just yeah. how it is. Um, that's the way that I've always seen it. Um, and, and you know, I kind of spoke on this early, like <laughs> kind of a bad word for it because I don't think the guy's a deadbeat. But, there, you know, he, I needed to replace him. Uh, but what I mean by replace deadbeat owners quickly is you always have those teams that don't set lineups that that don't pay their money you've you've got leagues i guarantee you all of us have been in leagues like this and you've got to get rid of them i have quit leagues because the commissioner has refused to replace an owner who has not set their lineup for almost an entire season prior i said nope i'm like i don't want to play in leagues like that it it waters down the league i think it ruins the balance of the competition because if you if you play that guy early in the season when he is setting his lineup and then 
you happen to be in a playoff battle against somebody, you know, a spot for a playoff against somebody who plays him later in the season when he's not setting his lineup or he's starting five injured players instead, that's an imbalance to the league. And that's not fair. Like, I don't even care if my, if my entry fee is $5, I'm pissed off. That's not cool. The commissioner needs to do something about it. And if he doesn't, he's not a good commissioner. Move on from the league. You'll be better off for it. Guarantee yeah. you there are good leagues out there that will have commissioners that do these things. And some of the fun things, man, like, and that's, and the whole, the, the whole point of this in the end though, is have fun with it. It is a game. That's what we all came here to do is have fun. Don't be super serious about it. Like there's times where you've got to be serious because people are, you know, debating about the rules. They're debating about a trade that went down because, you know, emotions get high with fantasy sports. That's just how it is. Um, but have fun with it, man. And if you can, by all means, have a live draft party. Figure out a way to do it. They are the most fun things ever. You get together, you talk trash with your friends, you're all in the same room, you're having some beers, whatever. Um, it's just a lot of fun to sit there with everybody and, and talk trash. Like you and I try to get together for our drafts. You know, we happen to be the only ones because our people are kind of scattered all over the place in our league. But, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've been in one league where over half the league all got together and that was so much fun. We all just talked trash to each other the whole time. Like every time somebody picks, you just kind of look at them like, Oh, I can't believe you drafted, you know, so-and-so in the third round, you're an idiot. Super stuff like that. You know, like, you start yeah. ragging on people. So that's kind of my 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 list of, of things for how to be a good commissioner. Do you have anything you want to add to that? Like, I, No, I mean, I, I agree with, with all those points that, we, you know, that we've gone through. I think the live draft party, another thing, too, that I've seen and I actually participated in is bars are getting in on this. Like, they're hosting these live draft parties, so you can get in touch with them and set something up to, like, get a specific room or area of the bar, you know, set aside for your draft, and it may be, you know, kind of not during necessarily regular business hours. It might be earlier, um, you know, in the morning or something like that. But talk to these people, you know. They want your business, and it's it's a perfect setting where, you know, you're getting food there for you. The beer is, you know, we had a blast doing it. I only did it mm-hmm. one year because I, I didn't end up staying in that league. You know, they, they it was a bunch of other friends, and I was kind of the outsider. And I think they trimmed the league down by, like, three or four people that next year or whatever. So it was, you know. I was on, on the cut list apparently, but it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> and, you know, I, it helps you get to know some of these people. Like you may be yeah. friends with only one or two of the people in your league, but then you have, you know, some of their friends that jump in and, uh, you know, and, and come in and that's where you meet these people. And then you, you kind of form a little bit of a relationship with them, even though it's like a minor sports league thing, but you can still feel more comfortable talking shit to them, whereas, like I said, in a public league, you're not going to be like, oh, what the hell, bro? That was so dumb. Yeah, and like the thing... Like, what? What? One thing I always notice, too, is like, you... 
in in leagues where it's like a mix of my friends and like random people, like friends of friends, maybe I always trade with my friends. I don't trade with the people I don't know, or you know, not always, but that's typically the case because you have an open communic- line of communication with that person already. Like you know who they are, you kind of know their their personality, what they might like, and you don't feel like you're going to offend them or it's going to be a pain in the ass or you don't know the person. So they might not even respond at all type of thing. So like, you know, that that's the type of thing. So, you know, I, I, hopefully, hopefully everybody, hopefully everybody learned quite a bit here. And uh, you know, if you are a commissioner, you're planning on being a commissioner, like you learned quite a bit. I, I think it's, I think it's an art to be a, a good commissioner. It's something you definitely have to have experience doing like the first time you do it, you're going to struggle. I guarantee it. You're going to mess up somewhere. Uh, but just, just keep with it and just have fun with it. And just, you know, I, you know, a lot of us are around, you know, us in the fantasy industry, or you can call it, you know, we can help you set it up if you guys want, like, you know, ask me a question, you know, Hey, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, what do I do here? Whatever. Um, I'm always willing to answer those questions, but um, I do want to close out here. Uh, we're kind of running over time here, but um, but uh, I, I I do want to close out here. We, I wanted to get over some talk about some ADP numbers and and a few guys. So I, I use the ADP on Fantasy Pros. They do a mix of the an average of the NFBC, Yahoo, CBS, ESPN, and real time sports RT Sports. Um, and, and, uh, one of the ones that, that I want to ask you about it is Mookie Betts, man. Like I've seen him just climb up draft boards more and more and more. Now I really like the guy. So I actually kind of think his ADP is a tad low still, but I wanted to get your take on it. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't paid too much attention to Betts. Uh, overall, but I mean, I I do like him. Um, I mean, he he's putting up numbers in every category for you, so he he's really that five tool guy um, that that you like to have. And guys like that, there there isn't a whole lot of them out there. I mean, there's there's enough of them that you know each team should have one to two of them. But I, I like him. I mean, just based on what I've seen so far. I don't think 22 is is a bad number for him. It looks like he's he's up as high as 17. Um, mm-hmm. That's closer to where lists, I've got him. I yeah, I think I think that I would definitely have him in my top 20. Um, so probably around that 17, 18 spot is, is where I'd look at him. I, I do like him better than the pitchers that are right behind him on Fantasy Pros. Um, you know, we've already talked about D. Gordon. I'd probably draft him ahead of D. Gordon and maybe even Abreu, two guys that are right in front of him. Um, I mean, Abreu's still kind of coming into his own, but that seems to be a little more proven, even though they're both, you know, young, younger guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. Um Another guy I wanted to bring up is Hunter Pence. You know, we we know about the injuries last year, um, and when he did play, he kind of wasn't looking the same. His ADP is is ninety two, so we're talking what eighth, 
roundish there for for most leagues. Um, yeah. What What do you is that is that good? I mean, this guy, you know, just a couple of years ago was was top notch, man. I mean, how how do you how do you take his value there? I I think it's too low. I mean, the injuries do scare me a little bit. It depends on how much he's going to be on the field. But if he's healthy, I mean, he's he's easily, to me, you know, a top 20 outfielder, I think. Uh, you know, maybe that's high, but I I really like Pence a lot. And he's, he's just one of those guys that goes out there and, he, again, he's going to help you in every category – I mean, stolen bases aren't great, but he's still getting them if if he's healthy enough and can be running yeah. bases. I mean, he only had four stolen bases last year, but he only had 207 uh, plate appearances. So, you know, that's that's going to happen when you don't have the opportunity to get on base. You're not able to steal the bases. You know, his right. average at 273 is still good. You know, um, very good. <laughs> I'd take 273 every, you know, all day, every day. But you know, yep. looking at some of these guys ahead of him that are in the in the 60s and 70s, you know, you've got a couple of relief pitchers. You know, the top top three relief pitchers probably in Jansen, uh, Kimbrel, and Davis, 65 through 67. You got Hayward there at 68, who's you know a man crush of mine, but never lives up to potential. It seems like so. I like Pence right, you know, right there with him. And then you got some of these pitchers that we talked about with Cueto and Wainwright, you know, as bounce back guys, you know, and then Kyle Seeger, Freddie Freeman, Eric Hosmer, Beltre, all all in the, you know, mid seventies, mid to late seventies, Puig, another guy sitting yeah. at seventy nine. I'm absolutely I, ranking him ahead that, of Puig. Absolutely. I mean, just based on on what you saw out of Puig last year, he another injury issue, but he's also a character issue. I do like Puig this year. I think that he's you know the ultimate bounce back candidate if he can get his mm-hmm. head straight. But I mean, I I definitely think he's way too low there at ninety two. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more, man. I, I like Pence a lot. I think he's a big bounce back candidate. Um, interesting enough, I clicked on his name on Fantasy Pros. When you click on it, it 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 takes you to a rankings page for just that player, and it lines up and compares all of the rankers that are included with that are included in the expert consensus ranking, the ECR that you, that you see there and Matt compares it with their ADP all, but four people rank him higher than his ADP. Now those four people are very legit people and probably four of the most legit people in the business. So maybe we're all wrong. Um, I mean, you're talking Terrence Bridget, who the guy who, uh, he he just joined forces with Fantasy Six Pack, but he was the number three ranker a couple of years ago on Fantasy Pros. Uh, Brandon Funston, guy used to do, I believe he used to do ESPN, now Yahoo. Rudy Rudy Gamble of Rasball, he was just in one of the labor drafts this past couple of weeks, and then probably the biggest name of all, Tristan Cockcroft. Like, 
holy crap. I mean, there's like four legit names that don't like him as much as his ADP. So maybe, maybe we should all be going the other way, but uh, I don't know when I, when I see, you know, another 70 rankers, you know, rank him higher than his ADP. I kind of think that he's, he's, his ADP is a little too low. Uh, so well, I totally I'm only, agree with you I'm, there. I'm only seeing three though. You got a 107, an 82, a 93, an 82 from Cockcroft, and 106. So I, am I looking at the same thing that you're looking at here? Is that the numbers I, you're talking about? No. I don't know what you're looking at. Um, oh. I'm looking <laughs> at the main the, the ADP main page for overall. No, so if you click if you click on Hunter Pence's name, I'll click his exact name. Oh, okay. Yeah, it takes you to a page that shows you, you know, it has a header of will Hunter Pence meet expectations in 2016? And it compares the expert rankers versus Uh, ADP. And you see that, like, everybody but those four uh, have him ranked higher than his ADP. So that's just an interesting note to to have. Yeah, I clicked on the little tag next to the name not his actual name you did say click yeah. on that so <laughs> it's all right um so the that. last guy i want to the last guy i want to bring up is yodana ventura of kansas city had a terrible start to last year came on pretty strong at the end uh but I, you know i think people have really soured on him and it's interesting to see his adp at 173 that's 15th, 16th round. I mean, you could get a guy that and he he's still, to me, I think he's still pretty good. I think he's going to bounce back. Um, is he ever going to be the pitcher that everybody thought he was going to be when he got called up? No, but you know, I think he can be, I think he can be better than, than the 173rd best player. Uh, what do you, what do you think there? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I mean, there's the, you know, there's so many names ahead of them. It's just kind of dumbfounding to even look at. But uh, I'm just trying to see some of these ones that pop out, like Hisashi Iwakuma at 144. I I think that's high for him. I mean, I, I like Iwakuma, but, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to bounce back enough and I feel like he's kind of in that same line. Um, Colin McHugh at 150. I don't. I don't buy that at all. I don't know why he's ranked that high, unless I'm missing yeah. something about Colin no. McHugh. But, I agree. Um, you know, he he's 23 spots higher than him. I I would easily take Ventura over that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, John Lackey, who who I do like and and talked about last week. I mean, he's at 158, but I, I, yeah, I do like Wacky better. I'm not going to say I don't, but I think <laughs> I think he's, you know, I like Ventura up around that number more so than where he's sitting. But I mean, you can look at these numbers, and if everyone else is kind of going off of these numbers. These are what you can look at and and kind of use to sit and and think. Okay, well, you know, if the guy's going this late, maybe everyone else is thinking about you know 
not reaching on them or whatever. But those are the that's the one thing I like about the ADP is you can kind of use it to gauge what guys you know you want versus where everyone else is looking at them Mm -hmm. and kind of see exactly how far you need to reach on them. And obviously it varies in the the league and and the, the type of league settings and everything like that. But I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing to go off of. To start. Yeah, no, absolutely. AD, studying studying ADP is absolutely a must before your drafts. Just remember, your drafts are probably different. Those ADP numbers go off of you know pretty standard leagues, uh, and you know your league might you might just have a crazy person in your league that just goes crazy and starts taking people whenever they want. You might have a couple of people that do that. So it's not a bible, but it's a good gauge it's a good guide to use um you know so it's it's definitely something to use you know to help you in your draft um for all the reasons you said so yeah 100 percent agree so you know may, maybe we'll touch on a few of those next week as well um just wanted to cover a few i feel like it's always kind of good just to kind of look at a few guys and see if they're too high, too low. Just good practice to do. It kind of gets us back, you know, gets us doing it as much as getting the the listeners listening to it too. So um, that's all I've got for the show. AJ, you got anything to add? Um, I no, I'll I'll let it let it go with that. But I I was gonna throw something in about my my dynasty draft. So we've got a pretty you know, going back to the good commission thing, if you get in the league with people that that are friends and know each other, even if you don't know everybody, there's going to be good banter. So that's something you want to look out for. And uh, we're doing a slow draft um, for, for our last 10 guys or whatever to finish our, our teams up. So one guy had the turn picks, and I was – the pick right before his turn, um, or two two picks, and he said, I'll, "I'll who wants to buy my my second round ninth pick and my third round first picks from me? I'll take fifty dollars or an ace starting pitcher." And he said, don't speak all at once. And I was on my phone when I read this, so I sent him back and said, "Is Jordan Zimmerman ace enough? Because I'm not going to give him Degrom, Scherzer, or Cole." Um, so he, of course, writes back to Grom with a smiley face. And then I saw that on my phone, and I wrote no chance and sent it. But for whatever reason, it didn't go in right when I sent it. And one of the other guys said, I'll give you my next pick and my wife for DeGrom. The guy that asked for DeGrom said, post picture and we will consider. Then that uh, guy laughed. Funny. And then my thing that said no chance came up. And right after that, I wrote, the talent available right now doesn't compete with the Grom Kohler shirt. <laughs> so the the other guy who initially asked for him says, guess we know what, what Teach thinks about your wife, Blaine. <laughs> what a dick. That's another commissioner rule, man. Try and get guys that all know each other, but it does make the league more fun. When everybody can talk trash, it really does make the league a lot of fun. But 
that's uh, the funny thing. I don't know any of these guys. Like these oh, guys really? that I'm talking that's to, but even better. they're they're all like chill guys, and you know, obviously they have a sense of humor. But it was just the way that it it posted, and I didn't even see this stuff until I got back to my computer and saw it. And then I was like, oh shit! I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about with his wife? And then I was like, why why am I getting called out about this? So then I scrolled back up and saw that those those other comments that got thrown in there that I didn't see on my phone. So of course I had to write back and just say sorry. Just realized that this, these were posted after the other comments. I posted them on my phone. You know they came up uh, directly after the other comment for Degrom on there. Like no hate towards anyone's wife here. And I was like, but although rereading it, it does look pretty hilarious for the time. Uh, and the guy that is, the thing about his good. wife said said he thought it was pretty funny too. So it it worked out pretty well. That is good. But, uh, so that's that's all I got. Interesting all right, cool deal. Stuff. Um, but, yeah. So anyway, that's it for the show tonight. I know went a little long again, but uh, you know, I think it's all all good conversation, and you know, hopefully you all. Learned a little something. Anyway, next week, uh, I believe we're going to try and talk about some DFS. And we're going to talk about some of the the up-and-coming prospects for this year that you should be paying attention to. And uh, also in Dynasty Leagues, we'll have a couple guests on to help us with those. So um, come back next week, 8.30, Tuesday. And uh, see you all then. Have a good week, everyone. All right. Talk to you then.